Welcome, tech enthusiasts, to another exciting episode of What the Tech, brought to you by Procer MIT. I'm thrilled to be your host for today's deep dive into the world of modern work, the theme for our month-long series. If you've been following along, you know we've covered some fascinating insights in the previous episodes. Today, we're discussing key aspects of modern work that are transforming the way we operate in the digital landscape. We'll be uncovering strategies, tips, and best practices that you can implement to enhance your modern work experience. Whether you're an IT professional, a business leader, or just someone curious about the evolving tech landscape, this episode promises to provide valuable insights that you won't want to miss. Stay tuned to discover how you can optimize your workflows and leverage the latest technologies for a more productive work environment. So again, I limited this to five key things to the five most important things you should be looking at. So again, turning on teams, again, is a, it should be something that you look at and take seriously from an organizational perspective. Define what your purpose is for using the tool. I suggest taking a look at how your organization wants to do collaboration come up with a few key like use cases throughout the business. Maybe different departments are going to have different use cases. So I would look at what you're doing today from a file sharing standpoint, collaboration, that could be even phones, could be chatting, and then determine what, where you guys are as an organization and how ready you are to adopt this platform. Because again, it is a big platform and it can do a lot. And if you're going to make this decision you're basically making a constant decision from a company standpoint to go down this path of using Teams because it's, it is going to be a big change in some cases. And if you get on this path, it's going to be harder to remove yourself if you don't do some investigation first. So again, where are you at from a readiness standpoint? Do you have the infrastructure in place to do it? What kind of security protocols are you going to put in place? Not just some saying from a network standpoint, your internal network, but there's some things to think about more or less from the data side of things, when you start using this, this platform, there are security implementation, security implications to using it. So we want to make sure that you are taking those into consideration when rolling this out. What are the potential roadblocks that could help you or impact your, your rollout of this particular service, whether it be from the business side of things, from an infrastructure side of things, or costs or whatever, because there's a number of items that are going into, into this deployment. And then most importantly, probably is developing a deployment plan, which includes communications, training and adoptions, your strategy to roll out to end users. And then finally, how are you going to support this going forward? This is pretty much huge. I think communications is always important in pretty much everything that you do. And this is no different. Training and adoption. I've seen, I've gone and done tons of these different, let's say implementations of teams, teams voice or teams collaboration. and I could tell you that where companies find success is through the training aspect. So giving your users what they need and helping them to understand what it is that they're going to be deploying and using on a daily basis so that they can feel empowered to start using it and using it well. Because if you don't give them the right tools and teach them how to use it, this is where, this is where it typically fails in deployment. And as if you're a CIO or a manager or anything like that, this is where you're going to make or break your implementation. And again, yeah, rolling out, roll out the strategy to, to end users, including communications, training and adoption. You know, how, 
depending on the size of your organization, this may be up to a week or so, or maybe up to a couple of weeks to end up rolling it out depending on the size of the company. And then support, right? So you have to support this, you have to support your organization going forward, or you have to implore, employ somebody else to do it. It's important that if you're going to turn this on and you get someone else to help you turn it on, you should at least have an idea of how you're going to go in and manage this portal going forward. Because there's a lot, again, there's a lot there and there's new features being deployed pretty much every single day. Again, number four, I'd say configuring the appropriate governance and policy settings for the organization. And this is critical. So when companies turn on teams, like by, by default, once you get the licenses set up and establish your tenant, by default, pretty much everything is available to you and in all users at that point. And so that they can go and share, share content, even share content outside of the organization. So it's important to, to put these different policies in place for the, for your company that, that fit what you're intending to do. How are you going to collaborate with other organizations, not just your internal, internal users? What are some of the things that you need to put in place and enable or disable in the backend tenant to, to make that feasible and so that you guys can be successful? And again, number five, deliver training to end users and provide support to them along the rollout phase, which we talked about. So moving forward, let's go forward. And so some of the things I've just pointed out a couple of things here to really avoid There's two things that signing licenses to end users with all the default settings and allowing them to dictate how to use the services essentially is the default settings that Microsoft provides you for the services. I would say that you, you don't want to do that. So if you're going to turn on teams, got to look at, again, look at it in more depth, turn on or turn off some of the things that don't make sense. If you haven't gone through and done some investigation on how you want to do it, come up with some use cases. I would say that you should at least go inside the Teams Admin Center and turn things off before going in and allowing everything to be used, right? Because you're opening up yourself to security risks. And then again, you're probably going to get poor adoption if you go down this path to do it. So definitely want to make some changes in the, in the portal. I think probably one of the worst things you could do is to do nothing in this case. But number two is that because there is a lot of features here that Teams has, I think it's important not to go and look at all the features that are there, try to pick, again, come up with a couple use cases and tailor your deployment of teams around those couple use cases so that you can start small with those different features that are available and then can slowly build up from there. This way that gives you, it gives you more of a, it gives you a, definitely, it gives you a framework for one, but it also puts, it's also puts your users in a box so that they don't start going and obviously doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And then you'll give the users the option to get familiar with the tool. And then they'll have some questions and then you can ask them for feedback and some of the things that they, that they found with the tool. And then slowly over time, you can enable other features. I, again, I've done a lot of different, I've done a lot of different deployments or been a part of a lot of different deployments over the last couple of years. And again, these are the things that I've come across with a lot of organizations that either have been successful in doing it, or now we're coming back to that point where, you know, because of COVID companies that have turned on teams coming back and saying, okay, I've got all my teams, all these different teams deployed and people are using sh channels and different features inside the tool set that we didn't even know about. So it becomes, it becomes an administrative nightmare 
really at the end of the day. So now we got to go back and clean things up, reset things up from a more structured standpoint and figure out how we're going to, how we're going to use this tool. Cause again, this tool is something, as you probably know, it integrates with most other tools inside the Microsoft stack, most definitely OneDrive and SharePoint, right? It's built on the SharePoint engine or the backend. So all of your file sharing and stuff is all done from the SharePoint side of things. So these tools talk to each other. It's important to understand how they relate to each other and when you should use one tool or when you should, you know, maybe not use that tool, maybe use something else. There's quite a lot. Okay. So what I'll do is I want to maybe see what's on the next page here. And then I think what I'll do is I'm going to show you some things in the portal that I've found that are helpful here. But first I want to chat about the next slide, which is again, does teams calling make sense for your organization? Again, this is something that I usually recommend to customers that if they've already adopted teams and have been using it for a little bit, then it makes sense to, okay. Let's take a look at Microsoft Teams calling. Does it make sense to turn it on inside the company? And again, where do we sit at? Where are we at in our phone system usage? Do we even use a phone system? Do we have a sense for it? A lot of companies are using an older, uh, an older phone system that doesn't necessarily voice over IP. So if they're already using Microsoft Teams and it's a natural progression to start using the other feature in here, which is Teams Voice and it really just makes for a much more rich experience for using the Microsoft services and it all ties everything together because now you can just communicate throughout the Teams Teams platform to anybody inside your organization and even outside your organization. It just makes things a little bit more seamless. But again, important thing to ask is, first of all, is Teams going to be your organization's primary collaboration tool? It's a big one. Some companies come and ask, can I just turn on Microsoft Teams voice without using the other, the other services inside Microsoft, I'd say it's probably not a good idea. I've seen companies that have tried it and it just, it doesn't make for a very good user experience from what I've noticed. I'd say they probably want to stay away from it at that point. We did have a company that ended up doing that, actually going down that path of turning it on. And then later on, they were using a Google, Google suite of product services, but wanted to use Microsoft Teams for phone. And then they ended up coming back and saying, okay, we want to turn on some of these other tools for Microsoft so we can use Microsoft Outlook and then OneDrive and then even SharePoint eventually to start doing file sharing and such. Questions on that for Kim's phone? So quickly about Microsoft licensing without going into down the rabbit hole of licensing, because that's tends to be in the Microsoft world. Generally speaking, with every Microsoft license that you buy, every SKU, like a business standard or business premium, or even one of the enterprise SKUs like E1, E3, or E5. So Microsoft Teams comes with all of those different uh, SKUs. So it's everything that you need to do, all the different features that you pretty much need available are going to be with that particular license, with the exception of the voice component. So you can call back and forth with your end users internally through Teams VoIP, through Teams with your regular Teams license. But if you want to dial outside to the PSTN, then you're going to need a, a voice license add-on or Teams phone system license add-on is what it's called. And then to do conferencing, again, you can do conferencing internal to your organization, but if you want to have users dial into a phone number, that's not, not a, so they don't have to use the Teams tool, then you will require like an audio conferencing license, which 
again, would be another add-on license for your subscription. Again, most of the collaboration side of things is available with your standard Teams license. It's when you're looking for some of the advanced stuff like voice and conferencing, that would be an add-on. And then most recently, Microsoft came up with another tool for Teams meetings. For So for Teams meetings premium, which is another, again, there's another add-on license there if you're if you want to take advantage of some of those other features that are available. We discussed some of that on the previous previous webinar. So if you're interested, you can go back and check that out. That's just released and I've been, that's not in beta anymore, but it's, it's available as a trial in some cases. I believe it's still available as a trial. Um, I would want to chat on oh, there's another feature that just got turned on, something called the new teams. I wanted to point it out because it just got turned on for me today. And I figured I would show it to you guys just to let you know, this is a new teams feature. So this is available now. It has to be turned on from the admin center. So you're someone whoever is managing the admin has to go and enable it for whatever specific users. This particular tool allows a more stripped down version of the full teams application on the desktop. So it's supposed to make it like run faster and be more efficient, et cetera. I'll pull up here some of the different features that I see available. Let's drag this over. So here's some of the new features in this new Teams that's, that's available now. So there's nothing really changed from that standpoint. You still have access to all the activity feed, the chats, calls, including regular calls, Teams calls, meetings, Teams and channels. It supports multiple work accounts. If you need that feature, which I do find handy. If you've used this feature in the past, it's a little bit clunky where you have to go out of the organization and then come back in your organization. It's, it hasn't been a great user experience, but that now is getting better. Again, downloading and uploading files tab and apps. Use first party apps and approvals and tasks, which is available, which is interesting. So for me personally, so far, this is pretty much everything that I would use on a regular basis. I don't use like the Teams premium stuff, so that doesn't really affect me much. So this might be something for you guys to try today. I would encourage you to try it. It's available, but you're going to have to ask your admin to turn it on for you. And so that you can, it is actually a, a new, a different application. So it installs as a different application. When you click on it, it shows it. I don't know if you can see down here. Let's see. You probably can't see my, my taskbar at the bottom, but it shows up as a little icon, a different icon on the desktop or on your taskbar. So it says teams like new or, or beta or something. So that was interesting. I just want to at least point that out. There's new features being installed every day from the Teams app, the Teams Teams group. This site will give you access to what all the new features inside the Teams a platform that's coming out. We'll be, there we go. Okay, so let me bring over this. So this was just the Microsoft licensing page. Here's the admin center, if you're familiar with the admin center. And I think that's really what kind of leading me into the, the next steps here. I guess this is where ProServe IT really can add value for you and your company is that if you, if you have turned on the service, wondering, all right, I turned it on, but I'm not sure what's doing with it yet. We can help you. We can help you develop those different use cases. We can help you, we can help you get your users trained. We can help get your admins trained on the platform, help you to avoid some of these pitfalls with this application. And that's just this app, right? What we do is this, we don't just go and necessarily talk about teams. We like to take and 
and speak about these applications as a whole, right? With them a modern workplace side of things, Teams and SharePoint and OneDrive, they all, again, tie in really tightly with each other. And they should all be taken, taken into consideration when, when talking about this because of how they play with each other back and forth. It's, a, it's an important thing to, to do. We don't just talk about one thing together. We want to kind of integrate all of them together and have a conversation about how you guys want to do business. How are you doing business today? And how does that translate into how you're going to go and work in the future? So I think it's important. Again, ProServe IT, we have, we've experienced, we've been doing this for several years now. I've been working with this application and the other modern work applications for several years now. So we've got our prescription, a script that we follow that's worked well. We've helped companies turn on this service and help them adopt it. So can we can take you from beginning to end, or we could just give you some guidance on, on, on what to do or what not to do, to do next. And again, I think what we'll do is I'll bring us back over to that, that PowerPoint. Let's see. I think we can probably close it off from there. I want to thank you for joining and hopefully you got something out of this. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us, ProServeIT or cloud at ProServeIT. And there you have it. Another enlightening episode of What the Tech, sponsored by ProServeIT. Today, we explored the intricacies of modern work in our ongoing series. We hope you've gained valuable insights that will empower you in the ever-evolving tech landscape. As we wrap up this episode, remember to subscribe and stay tuned for next week's podcast, where we'll present a comprehensive summary of the key takeaways from episodes 17, 18, and 19. It's a perfect opportunity to revisit and reinforce the knowledge you've gained throughout our Modern Work series. Thank you for joining us on What the Tech. Until next time, Keep exploring the tech frontier and stay curious.